0: I jumped in so that I could praise (laughs) Fallon first because in listening to past episodes I was like Fallon always introduces me and Fallon I want (laughs) to introduce you.
1: Okay go for it.
0: Today I am here with my fantastic fabulous friend Fallon who is just the light of my life (laughs) and of this podcast and um I know we're like a little off because we have some technical difficulties. And I don't know about you, but where's the fucking sunshine in Southern California? Right?
1: How are How we many times this?
0: must we say it on this podcast? <laughs> I, know.
1: I know. I Okay. So I was in San Francisco this past weekend. And so I had San Francisco up on my little like weather app thing. And so, like on Sunday nights, I always like check the weather just to make sure that I'm like, you know, good for the week and my kid has the proper clothes, all that. And I was like, I opened my weather app and I was like, what the fuck? Rain? And then I was like, oh no, I'm still in San Francisco. It's fine. And then I flipped over to Southern California and I was like, what the fuck? Rain? <laughs> Rain. <laughs> like, what the hell? I can't. I can't take it anymore. It's May. It is May. I know.
0: <sighs> well, okay how was your trip it was uh, it, it
1: was, was oh, an interesting <laughs> experience <laughs> no I had beautiful weather in San Francisco it was so nice it was gorgeous um my whole purpose for going up there was to go to the ballet for quote-unquote research it is actually research but mostly I just wanted to go to the ballet um and so I saw Romeo and Juliet with the uh San Francisco ballet it was just like ugh so gorgeous so magical it was amazing um and my best friend who lives in northern california came up and met me and spent the night and so we just had like a little girls night which was super fun um but then the next day we went to go get coffee and breakfast and we're like sitting in this cute little park this is like a neighborhood of san francisco where i've spent a lot of time i love it there um and my purse got stolen in the park (laughs) oh my god God. Uh. And it was just like more than anything, it was just a pain in the ass. Like I had only one credit card in there. I didn't have any cash, but like my glasses were in there. Like I was wearing my prescription sunglasses. And so my regular glasses were in my purse. So that meant for the rest of the trip, I didn't have my like regular glasses. I only had my sunglasses. So I looked like a douchebag walking around just wearing my sunglasses all the time. <laughs> and then I was flying home the next day so I didn't have my ID. fly home oh my god so i got to i mean i guess the good news is is that i now know that tsa will let you on a plane without your id you just have to go through a whole bunch of madness when you get to the airport um also apparently you're supposed to take a picture of your driver's license and or passport before you go on a trip Hadn't really done that before. Um, I will do that now. I will also always be bringing a spare pair of glasses on every trip that I take because that was the worst part. It was like I couldn't go anywhere inside because I had to wear my sunglasses or I couldn't see. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> did you at least have your glasses for the ballet? I did for the ballet. Oh, thank thank God.
1: God. Yeah, thank God. Um, but, like, my whole plan was that, like, I was gonna write, like, the next night and get a bunch of stuff done, and that was just really hard to do without my glasses. Um, Shitty, shitty, shitty. Yeah. It was wild. Um, And, yeah, super fun times. But I made it (laughs) home. I'm wearing my spare glasses right now. I have an eye doctor's appointment later today, so it's gonna be fine. Your glasses look great. Thanks. They're not quite the right, <sighs> right prescription, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. It's fine. God. It's fine. But adventures while traveling.
0: <laughs> that was a great travel hack, though. Take pictures of everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I had and I thought for a minute, I was like, oh, because I know I took a picture of my passport when I went to London last year. And I was like, oh, do I still have that on my phone? And I was like, no, of course not. I deleted that like as soon as I got home. Um, mm. But they did say, but I mean, good to know. So I still had, because it was just my ID and my one credit card that were in my purse. So I still had like a bunch of credit cards with my name on them. But my Costco card has my picture on it. And so because my Costco card has my picture and I had all of this other documentation <laughs> that I was me, they were like <laughs> let me through But they did do, like, the full, I have TSA pre-check, so I'm not used to, like, I mean, I had to, like, take every single thing out of my bag. And they, like, swabbed everything and, like, asked me a bunch of questions. I really was, like, I was, like, five seconds away from being, like, you can just Google me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who I am? (laughs) I wrote romance
0: books. Excuse me
1: wanted to be like, I'm sorry, but if you Google found Ballard," my picture pops up. It's right there. That's brilliant, actually. I didn't have to do that, though. Luckily, <laughs> thank you, Costco.
0: <laughs> Damn that that's funny. I mean, no, so, it's not funny. That's a funny moment in an awful situation.
1: Yeah, it's which totally I'm sure was fine. not funny at
0: all at the time.
1: <laughs> it was very stressful, but I did. I mean, like, I made sure I got to the airport super early. You know, I didn't really have plans that day. I was going to go, like, maybe visit some bookstores, but I was like, whatever. We'll scratch that. I'll get to the airport, like, five hours ahead of time <laughs> just to make sure. Um, And I had an afternoon flight, so, you know, it wasn't like, it could have been way worse. Yeah. Could have been worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all good. What is going on with you? What fun, exciting <laughs> things have you been up
0: to? Not as exciting as you.
1: Uh,
0: Well, something exciting was that my lovely little sister had her bridal shower and it went well. And I'm just so happy. She gets married in a few weeks. So that is um, very exciting. And I feel like um, a big sense of pride because the bachelorette went well. The bridal shower went well. I feel like you did. Yes. Like these moments she'll remember for the rest of her life all right okay we did it (laughs) I was like I just was feeling pressure because I didn't want things to go wrong and then like that's what's remembered you know yeah so I was like none of you people better fuck this up everybody's on their (laughs) best behavior (laughs) just like mama bear I love it (laughs) without making it known that I'm mama bear like just kind of like keeping the eye I'm watching you people went great yeah it went it went great Good. she was so happy so fun she like has the most fun ideas like we had a tarot reader um fun <laughs> which, i think this tarot reader may have been involved in like a pyramid scheme because she was putting <laughs> iron on everybody this was fucking hilarious and then um I was like, <laughs> but it was a great conversation topic after she left. It was hilarious uh, because like people were like, oh, she told me to take iron too. She like, <laughs> oh, she was going to send me a link to a product.
1: Oh my God. Uh, I mean, that's limpy brilliant
0: though. Right. Right. I mean, this is an <laughs> untapped, uh, what?
1: I'm not mad about that.
0: Marketing Good for fan. you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I maybe I should take this up for parties and be like, "Here is this book you should read." (laughs) That's amazing.
1: Do it. Amazing.
0: Amazing. It was uh, it was awesome though. It was great. And then we watched like Roman Holiday on a projector by a bonfire, and we had a like local winery come in and do a wine tasting. It was like my mom and me and my sister like just. Um, you know, my sister wanted to be really involved and so I'm glad that she was able to be. And then my mom and me like just supported it the best that we could. And I'm really glad it, I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's so exciting. It's always fun when people are getting married and you get to like be a part of it, but it's also like not the stress of like your wedding day. <laughs> right. Oh my God. I know. You just get the fun stuff.
0: People getting married have so much to just plan and and be on top of and (laughs) I'll never forget. It was just like so exciting and so stressful when I got married, like very stressful. And I was very young and didn't know how to handle it. And I was like, anyway, you know, you're working with a budget. You're working with, well, you know, Fallon, you know, yeah. my one actually, and I'm not just saying this as a plug for you. My one (laughs) thing I would have done was would be to have hired a wedding planner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hear that a lot when people, when I'm just like interacting with guests at weddings, they're like,
0: I wish I would have hired a coordinator. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. (laughs) So you can
1: enjoy your day. Yes, for sure.
0: And not be like I was and being like, oh shit, we have the wrong length of (laughs) tablecloths.
1: No, no. So you
0: could see the ugly metal legs on every table. And then my lovely cake person went and got the other tablecloths for
1: me. That's nice.
0: So, like, you don't want to be dealing with that shit on the morning of your wedding.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, We're a little short on time today, but I have a quick story. So, I had a wedding uh, last year in the fall where the rental company delivered the tables. And they were supposed – the couple thought they had ordered tables that didn't need tablecloths, like the wood farm ones that are, like, really nice and pretty that is not what they ordered um they ordered like regular folding tables and I mean we were like an hour until guest arrivals luckily I had my assistant with me so she went to Target and she got of course they were like big huge long tables so of course they did not have one color of tablecloth that would like They didn't have enough of, like, one color to, like, completely cover all of the tables. So we made from, like, Target plastic tablecloths, we did, like, uh, white ones on top. And then we took these gold plastic tablecloths and, like, cut them up and, like, made, like, a table skirt to, like, hide the folding metal leg things. And I was like, this... Is why you pay me. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) I was able to fix that in like 45 minutes and make it so you didn't have disgusting, ugly, gross tables as the centerpiece for your wedding. Damn, Fallon. Yeah. That's what you get when you have a coordinator. So hire one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... uh we have a really fun episode today where we talk a lot about trends so like writing trends and more importantly and more fun fashion trends
0: <laughs> oh yes early okay. 2000s to be specific
1: <laughs> yes um so we had a lot of fun recording this one i laughed a lot as we were doing this one because ugh, 2000s fashion you're killing me uh <laughs> but We had a lot of fun, and so we will be right back with JC Peterson. (laughs) Okay, Riverside is freaking out on us, and this (laughs) is wild, because it gives us a little five-second countdown, but it keeps just like, jumping right to it. Uh, Anyway, hello, everyone. Welcome back to... (laughs) Happy to meet cute. (laughs) Uh, You know, everything just, we fly by the seat of our pants here. Um, We are super excited to have today's guest here with us in uh, the studio. I use the word studio lightly. Um, JC Peterson lives in Denver, Colorado, with her husband, two small sons, and one enormous tabby. She earned her degree in journalism from Michigan State University and worked as an award winning journalist and editor at an alt news weekly before becoming a freelance writer and mom when not dreaming up funny contemporary stories or hurting children she loves to eat and shop local explore the colorado mountains and plan new adventures jc jenny welcome to the podcast we are so excited to have you here thank you so much for having me welcome welcome uh how's the weather in colorado
2: (laughs) it is beautiful everybody it's beautiful right now it's supposed to snow on Friday which (laughs) is I mean when when we're recording this but you know what it also snows in May here so (gasps) if anybody let me sell the state that I live in (laughs)
1: that's okay I mean basically you know Courtney and I are both in Southern California and we have spent like the past like two months just complaining about how much rain we are getting here yeah so Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) I so it doesn't it doesn't rain a lot in Colorado either. We get, uh, we get like the the afternoon storms, and then we get snowstorms. Um, but I miss gloomy weather. I grew up in the Midwest, where it's like the clouds are about two feet off the ground, and I find days that I miss that when it's like, oh, it's another blue day. Oh no, I just <laughs> I have to go out and do something. Like I'm gonna have to go hike. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh man it's so interesting how like where you grow up affects that because i'm like totally the opposite like i Mm -hmm. have lived in the sunshine my whole life so when i don't get it i'm like what is happening like my brain cannot function (laughs) right now
2: yeah we take it i know yeah and for sure now whenever i go back to the midwest and i'm like what do you mean it's raining like no (laughs) we were able to plan things two weeks in advance why are you doing this to me weather so um maybe i just want to complain in general (laughs) that's 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 the jc peterson brand complaining (laughs) that's
0: a human right
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: my gosh i love it okay well your latest book lola at last has been in the world i mean i guess by the time this releases it'll be almost two months yeah 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 um which is amazing congratulations thank you you survived.
0: I I did. I did survive.
2: (laughs) I know. I know. Um, and you know, for my first book, I planned this, like, I looked at what six weeks past my first book was going to be. And then I was like, we're going to Mexico. I planned this whole, I was like, this is what I need. And then for this book, it's kind of like with your second kid, you're just like, whatever, we'll get through it. We'll figure (laughs) it out. And so I didn't have anything. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, I didn't plan that big, like end of end of promo cycle, either, like spa weekend or vacation. So I guess I'm just going to be at a coffee shop with my kids, right? Like that's <laughs> that's going to be my celebration. Coffee.
1: That. I mean, coffee is always a celebration, right? Mm-hmm. It is. True. It is. This is true. But it's never too late to book yourself a spa weekend. So,
2: I oh. Mean... I mean, as I said it, I was like, actually, I'm going to make this happen.
0: <laughs> Mother's Day is coming. That's true.
2: Very true. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. Well, my plans are made. <laughs> I will be Got getting it. some sort of like seaweed wrap. I do. Um, I don't know if you two have ever done sensory deprivation tanks, which sounds oh. so sci fi, right? <laughs> I love them. Um, it's where you get locked in a little pod and you're floating in super salinated water. Uh, it's creepy, right? I'm, I'm saying it. It sounds creepy. It's wonderful. Like they pipe in really soothing music and you just like float there. You Ooh. float there. There's nothing better in the world.
0: I'm What's gonna do name? that. Do you could you drown?
2: No. No. So, so <laughs> water only like the Okay. No, no, no. Because I wondered <laughs> the same thing. I was like, do I have to tread water the whole time? It's <laughs> like, remember remember the tanning beds from the nineties?
0: Oh, yeah. You know,
2: it's like that, except there's water and it's cool. It's not, like, blazing hot. Oh, okay. And then they give you this little donut for your head so you can just, your head floats. But because it's ah. super salinated, you're, it's like you're in the Dead Sea, right? Like, you you float oh. really easily.
1: Okay. It's great. It's kind of amazing. It's, yes.
2: I love it. But I have so many friends who are like, absolutely not. Why would I? Why <laughs> I do that?
1: So... Okay, well, I'm intrigued. I'm gonna check that out.
2: Check it okay. out.
1: All right. Yeah. Um. So tell us about Lola at last. Give us the elevator pitch. Talk about this amazing book. Give us all the give us all the details.
2: So Lola at last is my companion novel to my first book, being Mary Bennett, and it is following my Lydia Bennett. And if you remember, Lydia Bennett from Pride and Prejudice is the youngest sister who's just like. I mean, she's a disaster. She's the one who <laughs> runs off with Mister Wickham and elopes, and is—I mean—going to ruin the family. Like that's that is—that is, right, that is right. what her job is: is that she's silly and makes rash decisions, and she's gonna like screw her sisters over. So that's Lydia. Um, but when she, when the, when the character, and in my books because they're modernizations, um, and you know more inspired by Pride and Prejudice. In me being Mary Bennett, she shows up on the page and she just grabs hold. I never expected that I was gonna want to write about Lydia Bennett, but the first time truly that she comes like squealing onto the page, I was just like, there's something here. I'm in love with you. You are a terrible person. <laughs> and I want to spend so much time with you being petty and and like sassy. Yeah. Um and so and so I, I again, I had not planned on writing a story about her, but it just, like, overcame me. Um, so I started thinking about what a modern-day Lydia Bennett would look like today. Like, how is she going to be ruining the fortunes of her family today? Mm-hmm. And so Lola at last is looking at after she has had the whole flame out with her Wickham. Things went south. She was shipped overseas to go to a boarding school to try and, like, you know, claw back any sort of social standing for her family and not be an embarrassment. She's failed at that. Right. Absolutely (laughs) failed. And now she's back home. And it's like, what do I do? All my friends hate me. I had this big scandal last year. And I don't want to have to, she doesn't want to have to face that. She doesn't want to have to actually change herself. She just wants everyone else to kind of forget about it. And weirdly, the adults in her life aren't letting her do that. They're not just moving on. They they there needs to be consequences. So after she has this little um boat arson incident where she does not mean to burn down the boat, <laughs> just ah! just trying to like get a laugh with a flare, with like a flare gun. She uh she burns down a boat and she has to spend her summer making up for it by um joining a program called Hike Like a Girl, where she's hiking and camping and I mean, obviously she would she's, she's vowing to hate it. Right. She's like, why would I, she doesn't wear a sports bra. She's like, why would I wear a sports bra? Like, why would I carry a beautiful, like a a water bottle? That is not my vibe. Like her vibe is smoothies and lounging by the pool. Um, But I got to slowly make her realize that she loves nature. She loves standing up for others, uh, that she can be a better person without losing her spark and her voice. And that was really, really fun for me to do. Truly, I fell in love with Lola. Like, absolutely fell in love with Lola. I love that. That is not an elevator pitch, is it? Unless we're, (laughs) like, the Empire State Building. I mean, it would be a very tall building. Uh, But it was just so much fun. It was so much fun to write.
1: I have to say, I... um this is one of my romance Landia confessions that I have. And I've said this before on the podcast. I have not actually read Pride and Prejudice, but I really love Pride and Prejudice like retellings. Mm. And I find that I often just love the Lydia characters. And I feel like if I read Pride and Prejudice, I probably wouldn't like Lydia herself very much. Um, But these sort of like new iterations of her, I just, I'm obsessed with. Like I... I just really connect with the characters who are terrible people. I don't know what I that mean, says about me. But... Same.
2: Same. <laughs> and okay, so really when I th- yeah, think about there in all these adaptations, she kind of gets the best lines, right? Cuz yeah. she gets oh, to yeah. be the one who isn't who isn't being held back by like, oh, these are the mores, these are the norms that I should be following. She just like does not care. And you know that can that can get her in trouble, but that also means she doesn't mind standing up for people when nobody else will. You know, she doesn't mind she, she, because she has so much confidence that she's never, you know, that she never second guesses herself. And again, sometimes it means she burns down a boat, but sometimes it means that she really, really stands up for other people and is and is willing to say the uncomfortable things that everybody else is trying to hide from. So, and also, oh my gosh, I so I've read Pride and Prejudice. But I mean, the adapt some of these adaptations are like so amazing, so 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 amazing. So
0: I well, am I am yours, here for all of them, yours included.
2: <laughs> well, and I'm thinking too, like also you know the 2005 movie, which is the best thing that's ever been made. So, you yeah. know the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. uh, oh, there's just so much yes. wonderful, wonderful Pride and Prejudice out there.
0: Pride and protest.
2: Yes. Payne, oh my gosh. So yes. On the
0: adult spectrum. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually was thinking while you were telling us about Lola's story is I love how you um describe books, like from the point of view of character, like a lot of the time with the pitch, quote unquote, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like we focus on plot and like these are the things that are going to happen. But oh, my gosh, you really brought me into like Lola's space and I like just need to meet her. <laughs> so that's very, very <laughs> cool how you do that.
2: I think that also shows how I write because yeah. I always start with character. I'm always, it's, it's character first, always for me, which means that I need to do a lot of editing for the plot because it's like, mm-hmm. where does it go? The, I, the plot is always second, second to me, which is, you know, maybe backwards, <laughs> but oh, it's no. just the way my brain works. So.
1: <laughs> Who needs plot? I will continue to advocate for no plot, all vibes um, in all my books. That's all I want.
2: (laughs) Right, right. Like letting people have this fun banter and dialogue. That's my very favorite thing to write is dialogue. Yeah, same, same, same.
0: And can we take a minute for your gorgeous covers Mm -hmm. for this series? Like Mm -hmm. they're probably like some of my favorite Book covers out there, to be honest with you. They're gorgeous.
2: I love them so, so much. So, my first book cover was um, illustrated by Jacqueline Lee, and she really took, I just love how, you know, it, all the characters are in these little almost cameo yes. portraits, right? It just feels so right for the character for Marnie. You know, she's kind of, she would love to be a, like a Victorian lady or <laughs> Edwardian mm-hmm. lady, whatever. Um, I mean, sorry, I need to say Regency here because Pride and Prejudice is Regency. And if you don't get these <laughs> things right, you know, like. <laughs> um,
0: I love how I'm just nodding like, yeah, yeah, that all sounds
2: right yeah, <laughs> to <yeah>. me. <laughs> um, but it's just, it, and the colors feel so right for her. I tend to, when I'm writing, each main character, they have a color to me. Mm. Um, so Marnie was always green and Lola was always this like, kind of muted pastelly pink, mm-hmm. but not, not like cotton candy pink, a little, something a little bit more chill than that. And so with the second book, the, um, the second book's illustrator was Karina Perez. And so she took, she took what Jacqueline Lee had done in the first book of having kind of that portrait, you know, that, that portrait idea. And she was able to do that with Lola, but update it for who Lola is. Like Lola doesn't give a, an F about, like old style cameo portraits so they're all Polaroid style um and it's just I love it so much
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I was very very lucky with with both of my illustrators I was one of those that you know almost from the beginning when I saw the concepts I was just like absolutely yes I am in love I love when that happens yeah Mm -hmm. yeah sure
1: um okay so when you sat down to write these books did you like, have this idea of like, you know, I really want to do like an adaptation. Was it um, you know, like these characters that sort of came to you first and you decided to uh, you know, use Pride and Prejudice like as your inspiration? Like, how did that come about for you?
2: So, you know, it really starts with being Mary Bennett. Um, I was struck, and honestly, I don't remember what it was now. I wish I could say, like, this is where I was. It was, I was struck with this idea that most people want to be the Lizzie, right? We want to be the witty, vivacious person who is able to have that quick banter and is able to feel like like she's deserving of something greater, right? You go in and Lizzie is special. She's She's the favorite of her father's, Um, And I think there's some, you know, there's some things to talk about with Mr. Bennett. I don't think he's, Lizzie sees him as a perfect parent. I do not think he is. Um, But we all want to be that character, right? But I think most of us are maybe a little bit more like Mary. When you look at Mary in Pride and Prejudice, she's not quite sure where she fits. She says the wrong thing sometimes. She can be awkward. And you see her desperately trying to find her place. And now in in Pride and Prejudice, she's barely in it. Girl has like four lines and they're mm-hmm. all her being pedantic. They're all her <laughs> being like, like, mm, I think we should read quietly for an hour instead of like <laughs> make make like acquaintance with these other people. She's she's like such a wet rag, <laughs> but you can still see her at the edges always trying to find an in, trying to find where she fits and she does it terribly, terribly that I felt for her. And I realized like, Oh God, I am probably more like Mary. I am the one who's going to be like, if there's a party, I'm going to find the corner <laughs> and I'm going to like glue myself to it and be thinking the whole time about like, how do I get out? How do I leave this situation mm-hmm. <laughs> with all these people? Um, and so that's really where it started. It started with that, with the realization that I think there's more of us out there who are Mary than Lizzie. And so Let's tell her story let's give her a chance to become the main character in her own book um because i think if you consider pride and prejudice and kind of like roll that out of how it's going to go after the ending like lizzie and jane are getting their beautiful their beautiful endings mary is gonna be stuck with her mom she's gonna be a spinster and (laughs) she is not gonna have a great life i just do not see a good life for her on the horizon (laughs) i wanted to give her a chance to like find love and friendship and some confidence in herself so that's where it started yeah so it was always pride and prejudice i think just my love of um classic lit and and period pieces like for me the movies. And some of those sorts of adaptations really, really have a hold on me. So just being able to to write that was um, very exciting. (laughs) Very exciting.
1: I love that. that. And that, I think, transitions well to kind of like one of our main topics that we wanted to talk about today with you, which is writing what you love versus writing to the trends. And I think Mm -hmm. this is like a... Kind of a hot topic right now because, you know, we're sort of like maybe at the tail end, maybe we're at the peak, maybe we're in the middle of this sort of like rom com boom, you know, mm-hmm. that we've gotten over the past couple of years. And um, I don't know. I just feel like it's really interesting that people are trying to write rom coms um because they're selling so well right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, there is this sort of idea of like, you know, do you write a rom-com because it's popular? And then what happens when maybe they have a bit of a downturn, you know, publishing always goes in cycles and mm-hmm. we know we're going to see that. It happens, you know, we had our vampire years, We right. <laughs> our like dystopian government years, exactly. um, you know, and now we're kind of like in our rom-com years. Um But it's really interesting, like, as a writer, like, you know, I can't see myself, like, writing something outside of, like, the romance sphere. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so if dystopian does come back, I'm in trouble.
2: (laughs) Well, I think the thing that I think about with this is that I'm I'm the same way. I, I think even if it had a twist to it, even if I was adding... A speculative element, right? Or or setting it in a different time period. The the romance would always be central to me, because I love character so much, and you know that finding a writing a character who is finding their equal, their complement, is such a beautiful discovery, right? It's such a wonderful thing to write about. And so I can see, I mean, because I do feel like we are at the peak right now. And I think we're getting, you know, we're getting books that maybe aren't rom-coms, but that are being labeled as rom-coms, right? They're more contemporary, but they're kind of putting that label on it because it's what's selling. And hopefully that doesn't, hopefully that, that doesn't come back to bite those of us who really do love to write rom-coms. Like the calm part of it is super important to me. I like to, you know, I like to write characters who are in situations that might be that might be sad but they find the dark humor in it like that's a big thing for me I love to find the humor in in sadness you know the the way that you that's just maybe that's how I just deal with things in my own life like if something sucks I'm gonna make a joke that's just Mm -hmm. how I deal and I love Mm -hmm. to write characters who have the ability to do that too so it's it's interesting it'll be interesting to see in the next few years what happens with rom-coms especially adult rom-coms you know I have this memory of being in college and reading Anna Maxted, and um oh my god I'm blanking on her name now who wrote Bridget Jones Diary
1: oh yeah oh, Helen something
2: Helen her her I'm so sorry but her <laughs> and just loving loving these like fresh rom-coms that felt like the women had agency that Mm. that it wasn't just about the guy but also about building friendships that they felt so lovely and then they went away Mm -hmm. it felt like for a decade they were hard to find yeah and we might be in that cycle again but because I remember loving them so much and I knew and now I can say and they came back I think they'll come back again oh yeah But but as a writer if I was just always trying to say, okay, what do I see being announced in publishers weekly, right? Like, what do you see in the deal reports? If I, was, if I was only ever trying to use that as my template for book ideas, I think it would take some of that magic away. It would take some of what makes writers writers, right? We have these bananas ideas in our heads. You know, when you think about what a writer is, right, that we're like coming up with whole worlds and talking with characters in our head, it would take some of that away. And that I think you would see that in the story, the story would suffer. So it's (laughs) as tempting as it can be to say, I need to write to trend. I need to write to the market. I think you end up overall getting stories that suffer. Hmm. And we just want to make our characters suffer. We don't want to make the story (laughs) suffer. (laughs) I think too,
0: when there's that urge to look at things and want to pull, I don't know, like maybe trendy elements, Mm, mm -hmm. that can be done. Like sometimes, I remember listening to, um, what was it, 88 Cups of Tea podcast, which was like one of my favorite podcasts and Leigh Bardugo was on and she was saying, as you're writing and you get these like nuggets of ideas and sometimes trends can inspire those. Absolutely. And you're like wanting to put aside what you're doing and write a whole new book, which is what I mm-hmm. dealt with for like a decade. Um, yeah. Sometimes it just means you can you need to incorporate some sort of spark or, uh, you know, interesting plot point in your story. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of fun to do, too. Like if a trending element inspires you, obviously throw it in. But like I yes I hear what you're saying in like I'm not gonna write what I want to write because I feel like it's not gonna sell. Because also what's selling isn't gonna publish for another year or two. Two years. Yeah. 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 Depending on what, you know, audience you write for. I know YA huh? goes a little slower.
2: It does it's two then years.
0: Adult romance is like usually a year. Yeah yeah but like you can't projecting that far out is like yeah
2: just write what you want to (laughs) write you know I think you will you will drive yourself wild trying to always say like I have to write within these within these constraints and I think you're totally right like I definitely uh, you know I try and read pretty widely and I am so inspired by other things that I'm seeing I mean we all are yeah and so those find their ways into the story but But I find that it happens, it needs to happen in a way that feels right for the story. Yes. Because you can tell, you can tell when something is like slapped on (laughs) um, and it doesn't feel like it's, it's, it doesn't feel like it was part of the story. It feels like it was kind of like a veneer that was painted over it. Um, But, you know, also I hear so many, I, you know, you go to conferences or whatever, whatever, and you hear people talking about, this was my low point. My low point was not selling something. My low point was, and and so often the end of that is, and then I took some time away and I wrote something that I love.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I rediscovered my love of the craft of, of, of this, you know, this, this weird calling that we all have to tell mm-hmm. stories. So I think giving yourself some time away, some to, to be able to step back and say, okay, I'm going to let myself discover what it is that I love right now, it, it, that will shine through. And I have to hope that'll shine through, right? Like, like, as somebody who wants to continue writing, I have to hope that I'll be able to continue pursuing the stories that I love. Because I think otherwise, you know, you end up, you, you end up getting burnt out, you end Mm -hmm. up not feeling that you are being true to yourself. It is a hard, you know, this is, this is a hard, hard line to find, though, because I also want to make money right? Like I want to be a working author. You know, I think there's always this thing within the creative fields. I remember because I'm a former journalist. When I, when I, when I left the paper that I was working at and I started freelancing, the number of people that would be like, oh, we pay you in clips. And I was like, well, I can't like pay my, my electric bill in clips. Like, like there should be a, there should be a reasonable expectation to be paid to be compensated for the work that you're putting in because is this is work. It's, it's something that we love and we're passionate about, but I also think we very much deserve to make a wage from it to make money from it. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird thing to do. Cause you hear that a lot in writing where people are like, Oh, just write, just write what you love. And if you care about the money, then you're not, you're not really, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not really following your muse. And so it's so weird because I feel on both sides of the fence there. I think it is important to write what you love, but also I think you should have a reasonable expectation to be compensated for it, for the time and the effort and the schooling and everything that we've put into this.
1: Yeah. 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 And I I'm going to say this right now. I might edit this out later. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see how you guys react. Um I feel like they're in the past maybe year or two has been in the romance sphere in particular a lot of people who are like romance is selling so I'm going to write a romance and these are people who have probably never read a romance before um who come into the genre because it's popular right now
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and you can tell that they don't and it's maybe not even that they don't love what they're writing, but it's also just that they don't.
2: Okay. this is... <laughs> They don't, they don't understand the expectation. They don't
1: understand it. And I feel like there is maybe in romance in particular, I feel like there is maybe not a respect for mm-hmm. the genre that they are capitalizing on. Um, and I think that that it's just bad for everyone all around because it turns readers off. Um, Yeah. You know, when they pick up something and they're expecting it to be something and it's marketed as something and that's not actually what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just think that as a writer, like, yes, of course, like I understand that. Like, yeah, as you're saying, like I want to be compensated for my time. I want to make, make a living wage doing this. So I, you know, certainly don't fault other writers for, you know, wanting to make money from their writing. Um, but I do think that coming from the reader's perspective, it's very clear. I think sometimes when the writer is not enjoying what they're writing and maybe isn't as well versed in the genre that they're writing that you probably should be.
2: Well, and sometimes it it is. It is something that happens with the romance genre where it feels like you get you can get an author who almost it feels a little insulting. Mm -hmm. It feels like they're like, Oh, I'm going to dumb this down for you ladies. That is, I mean, right. (laughs) Like, like, no, no. Love is complicated and nuanced and can be both heartbreaking and joyous at the same time. And it, it explores parts of us that in a way that nothing else can. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful thing to get to write and it, it deserves the same respect that anything else does. Right. Yes. Um,
1: that was a much better way of saying what I was trying to no, say. But,
2: mm-hmm. but you're totally right. Cause it is, it is so hard. It's almost like, again, I'm going to, apparently I'm going to blank on any name of <laughs> anything. Um, the movie that came out with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Yes, I Lost loved City. it. I saw it twice <laughs> in theaters. I, I loved it. I it. But there was a whole time. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so great. But he calls her out where he's yes. Just like Yes. He's like, you have you have disregard for these people who love you and you are making their lives a little bit sweeter. And you're over here thinking, like, oh, but it's not important.
0: It's not literal. It is.
2: Yes. Right. I, but it I is. love and I, that scene. hmm Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's perfect.
2: Yeah. I love it. I feel like every form of writing can tap into something. Different about the human psyche, about about the the condition, and explore it in a really unique and beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I just love writing romance. I really do. Even yes. though you know, I would say my first two books are contemporary with a strong romantic element. um You know, I tend to want my characters the the personal growth is the most important thing to me that they they become in love with themselves. And through that, they're able to have a better relationship with their partner, right? Because they're, they're becoming more confident. They're becoming better versions of themselves. So it kind of, it goes together, right? But I, sometimes I feel like my books don't follow, don't follow the same cadence of a rom-com, even though I'm always trying to sneak it in wherever I can, (laughs) i just love it so much those are always my favorite parts of movies of books of i mean everything i'm always like yes but who are we shipping like constantly
1: is the priority Mm -hmm. most important question yeah sure um okay i love that conversation and nobody get mad at me
0: (laughs) No, it's But a, it's a good it's, conversation to yeah, have, right? It's a valid yeah. conversation to have because I really think before you sit down to put pen to paper, you really do have to question, like, why this? Why now? Why mm-hmm. me? Why do I want to tell? And most importantly, like, as the author, how is it going to benefit you personally to write this story? Like, is this going to take you down an avenue, like, that you want to go down and explore for yourself? Like. Mm-hmm. you you know, because I think romance, it honestly takes so much like carving into your own self to not be like a weird graphic gross uh, image, (laughs) but like it really does taking out like all these emotions that you have to put into it because it really can show on the page. If you're not doing that emotional work as the Mm -hmm. author, like it's going to fall flat. It's going to fall, feel disingenuine. Um, I don't know. And Mm -hmm. I like that. It's such a nuanced conversation because authors deserve to be paid, <laughs> and like we deserve to, um, you know, be paid w- well and be able to support ourselves. Which that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Right. But whole other
2: conversation. <laughs> yeah,
0: but like it's hard because I I do when you see something trending, it is it's only human nature to be like, I would like in on that, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> You know, and that's valid too. And sometimes we have to write books that maybe aren't our passion project because we, we have, we, this is a career and we have to get paid. Mm-hmm. But I think when you approach a certain readership or genre from a stance of being like, oh, well, I'm going to market off of this. That's not the way, that's not, that's not the way because it's going to show. And this is something you're going to have to promo and discuss for the coming lifetime of your career. So why do that to yourself if you're not in it, you know, and not wanting to Mm -hmm. do that. So yeah, it's like, there's so many layers to this conversation and I think it's a really valid one.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, because you're right. Like there's so many things that go into how we choose the product or the, the projects that, that we do, how we how we write any of this. And I, like I said, I'm definitely, when I see, when you see a new trend bubbling up, you do start getting inspired, right? Because that's mm-hmm. just who we are as writers. You're always pulling inspiration. I mean, I'm down at that coffee shop I mentioned, eavesdropping, like you wouldn't believe, mm. <laughs> getting inspiration from everyone talking about their oh, I love that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like I feel like inspiration is always, is always coming in from all sides and it's like burying into my brain and then showing up in different ways in different books and it's the same thing with trends and I think if you approach it that way that's that's I mean it's fine that's totally normal it's natural um but yeah you can see it done in a sometimes a way that doesn't feel respectful of of the story, of the genre or category.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I also, you know, you also don't want to tell another author, like, no, you shouldn't make money. like <laughs> You shouldn't right. do this to support your family. So it is it is a very nuanced conversation well, to have. And it really like, is.
0: If thriller is your jam or or whatever genre you are like mm-hmm. is your thing, add romance in there. Why not? You don't have to yeah. do like the full-on romance genre, but you could have a heavy romance plot. And mm-hmm. then, and then you know, talk about that. But, th- but I think when you go into the romance genre, there are very specific beats and conventions that readers expect. And So, I think that's the issue. Yes. Like, if you're going to be like, well, this is a romantic thriller, but really it's a thriller with romance. Those are two separate things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because like the whole thing of the you know the H E A or like yes. the happy for now, exactly. Right there, there are you go in with an expectation of the romance is going to feel like it's like you can see it continuing. You know, even if you, even if you are thinking it's not going to continue forever, you know, they still end up together at that. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. Totally.
2: And we want that, that, that feels like the, it feels like the satisfying conclusion. That's part of the, that's the story, right? Yes. So yeah. that's why we're there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. That was amazing. Wow, Um <laughs> That was good. Let's talk yeah. about something that is more fun and also slightly terrifying. And <laughs> <laughs> that is the recent resurgence of early 20s, early 2000s. also like a little bit of like late 90s, I think, too. Uh, the fashion, speaking of trends.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of trends, I will not be getting on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and cycles. Um, so the fashion that is making a comeback right now, I I can't, you guys. I just can't.
2: Nope. <laughs> nope. So I always think, okay, I am I am an elder millennial. Amazing. Uh, like and I am when I am elder millennial in the sense of like on the cusp of of Gen X, right? Um, but man, when I see the young'uns out there wearing <laughs> Like the pants that you know are going to drag in the mm. slush and the rain. <laughs> and then they're going to get that like weird crusty edge. And maybe that was just where I grew up, right? Where it's like snowy and there's well, snow for you. a long time. Yes. <laughs> and you just see them doing it and you're like, oh, sweetheart, you don't know what's coming for you, but I do. Or like when it gets all like ratty at the back <laughs> yeah. because yes. you kept you kept walking yeah. on it. And then you've got to cut of off the,
0: str- the strands that become mm-hmm. too much like a...
2: Yep. yeah. Like, oh, man, I lived through this once. I
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I think one of the wonderful things about aging is that I am so much more confident in being able to say, like, that's not for me. Like, I will pass. Go for it. You're going to regret it. But go for it. <laughs> and so, I mean, things like low-rise jeans coming back. Guys. I have had two human children come out of my body. <laughs> I am never wearing pants that low again. I need them to touch my bra. <laughs> or else, I will not be happy about it.
0: I need mean, I mean, a hard or we're not
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: I couldn't Everything do. Things, I could yeah. not do low-rise jeans when I was in the best physical shape of my yes. entire life. Like that yes. was just never a thing for me. I just and I think I, I'm. You can pry my skinny jeans from my cold dead hands. Like I'm not giving them up, but. I think one of the ones for me that is like the most shocking and scary is the platform shoes with like that piece of fabric across the, the Steve, top. The Steve yes. Madden. Yes, shoes I cannot from the, 90s. the Lizzie McGuire. They look like yes. yep. <laughs> her cartoon version of herself used to wear. I I am just like no, honey,
2: no, because you no. can hear them clacking yes. down the hall because they don't stay on your feet, so they're like. Yeah, yes, Never. I don't like those either.
0: <laughs> oh no, you go, you
2: go. Oh no, I'm just, I'm just full of complaints. Um, <laughs> no, my thing. So my other thing with the low rise jeans, when I would try and wear low rise jeans because that was all that was an option,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I spent basically ninety percent of my life pulling them up. Do you remember when you do like the walk and tug at the same oh, time, yeah. where you'd be like trying to get them up constantly?
0: Or you sit down and you got to do the little like squat first to.
2: So right to make sure that like crack your whole butt crack
0: is yeah, hanging out like, <laughs> the everything is... like in the real days
2: the whale tail listen yeah yes the whale. <laughs> thank you god
0: thank you for saying it much more uh eloquently than i would have
2: <laughs> oh, <yeah>. whale tail <laughs> 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 it's one mean, of my literary references i love it <laughs>
1: Sorry if this is TMI, but I am never putting a thong on again for the rest of right. my life. Like, it's just not happening.
2: Oh, hilarious. <laughs> you know, some of it, yeah, I like, I, I love that it's recycling, right? Like, sure, sure, sure. Because I know my mom probably looked at me when I was, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I was in high school. So it would have been late 90s um, when all the 70s stuff came back. Mm -hmm. And I would put something on and she would be like, Jennifer, what is that? (laughs) So like, I, you know, I get it. I get it. But, oh man, I'm seeing some of the stuff that just it's maybe I'm, maybe I'm pickier about it because I am, I did grow up in the nineties. Like I'm, I'm an eighties baby who was becoming an adult in the nineties. Right. I graduated high school in the year 2000. Um, So seeing the stuff that's just full on back, like the champion sweatshirts, right. Like, (laughs) I would have killed for a Champion sweatshirt as a high schooler, but we shopped at Kmart, so I would have had like the K-Mart. Bambian sweatshirt, <laughs> right? Like I did not have a Champion sweatshirt. And now they're back. Or like, oh, I'm trying to think of the other big one. If like the the claws, which I could do a claw. Oh like my god, the claw yes. clips. Yes.
0: yes. Right?
2: And the butterfly Clops. clips. The butterfly clips I will <laughs> never do again. Oh my god! I used to do this whole this thing where I would like twist my hair up into yep. tiny little buns all over my hair. It looked like yep. essentially had worms on my head, and then <laughs> I would put about forty five <laughs> butterfly clips.
0: And they poke in my head hair all day.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but oh my god, I felt so cute. Yeah, so cute with
0: those butterfly clips. I saw body glitter yes. the other day, and I was like, oh,
2: no. I, buy this
0: I might buy it." <laughs> Just, like, no, it. Corny. So, well, it's interesting because I have a tween, so mm. all of her friends are, you know, this is what they're into, and um, mm-hmm. I actually love it for the fact that I'm like the consultant now on like what's <laughs> cool. Like, I really like I this. Mean turn of tables
2: that's Um, pretty cool right
0: yeah it's pretty cool but I love that they are kind of mashing up the like early the newer clothes as in like high-rise pants with Mm -hmm. like the cute crop shirts so like it's it's they're kind of making a mash of the different decades which is fun it's cute Um, well and not just yeah
2: it feels like teens for better or worse have so much more access to what other people are doing around the country, Oof. right? So it's yeah. not just I am getting Seventeen magazine and I'm going to pour through it because this is what I would do and like circle the things that I liked.
1: Deleas, I was just
2: going to say that catalog. I never owned anything from Delia's. because again, see Kmart, but like I was I was aware of it, but not in a way that I could achieve. And now it feels so much more achievable. You know, like you can you can go online and order something. You're good. Go to a local shop that isn't a Kmart. I don't even know if Kmart's exist anymore, everybody. I mine closed years <laughs>
0: ago and it was a sad day.
2: Right. Like I they I don't they were probably in Colorado, but not before I lived here anyway. <laughs> R.I.P. Kmart. Um <laughs> it is great that they can kind of still they can have their own spin on it because they have access to so many more like Inspiration sites. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, that could be a bad thing, right? When you're constantly comparing yourself to literally everybody in the world. But it is cool to see them have their own sense because mine was like, I remember when I was in high school, you dressed like everybody else. And if you deviated even like 10%, you were the weird kid, Mm -hmm. right? Like, there was, if you wanted to, if you were in the like popular or even semi popular crowd, everyone dressed the same. I always said it so. My husband and I, We went to high school together, did not know each other, (laughs) but he, he moved to my small hometown from Chicago and everyone in my small hometown, all the guys wore cargo shorts, right? Like that's all, that's all you're going to wear. You're going to wear cargo pants or cargo shorts. And he was like, not me. I hate it here. I'm going to wear pressed khakis every day of my (laughs) life. So so like he was considered so weird because he wasn't wearing either jeans or cargo <laughs> yeah. pants, right? But he did it. He was putting a locker every day, like putting oh, a trash can. No. But no. for him, he stuck up for his khaki pants.
0: Sadie Hawkins dance in my khaki pants. Do you remember that song from Weezer? Uh, I can't hear khaki do. pants without hearing that song in my head. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Oh goodness. Well. I can't imagine anybody from Gen Z is really listening to this podcast, but if you are, we love just you. and your We do love you. Ugh, yes. Oh god, Remember
0: the freaking the true makeup. colors. Was it true colors yes. with the, the giant stack of circular yes. eyeshadows oh my that god. were metallic and wouldn't wash off? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so much white
1: eyeshadow and if you
2: had them. It was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, the, yeah. white, uh, the white, the white was so bad. I am 41. Okay. And I have just now been like, Oh, is that, is that how you do makeup? Yeah, I know. Like, We're
1: such late
0: bloomers a- to makeup because it was right? so bad. <laughs> so bad.
2: Right? I'm suddenly like, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is where cheekbones go. Like it's, it was, it was a shit show for 20 years. And now it feels like, and now I have a better, I have a better grasp on it that now like, you know, 13 year olds are just They've got it. Yes. right
1: yeah. That's And the way sure. they like the skincare. Like mm-hmm. I oh the things yes. that I did to my skin, I just like the uh like the same knives, scrub mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just like all of the like terrible acne products I was putting yes. on my face and no, I just
2: rips. Oh god. Oh those are those, are those like pads that you were like if it's burning, that means it's yes! Like the clear
1: seal. Ooh, like,
2: and there was the so, like, yeah. Clear
0: seal, that uh. was it.
2: Yes. I essentially went into all of my skincare thinking, the goal here is to just dry my skin out like yes. a. Yes. Yeah. Like, like I need to look like I've not had an ounce of water. In my body.
0: No wonder my <laughs> skin my was skin. so oily. It was like trying to overproduce. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> like, I, used to think, <laughs> I used to think I had such oily skin, right? And now that I put about 14 oils and serums on it, <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm never oily. Yeah.
1: Ugh. Right. So, Gen Z, you certainly have this beat in the skincare and makeup. Yeah. Realms. Absolutely. So, and I mean, I God grew up bless. in the age
2: where everyone tanned. Yes. Like actually went, and I didn't do it. My parents, to their credit, were like, "You're not tanning. I'm sorry. We think, you know, like like sorry." But I would go. I I think I went once before prom. You know, like I would I would try and go tanning before prom or whatever. But now everybody knows, like, oh yeah, just don't do that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: sunscreen is like
2: that yes, do, right? Yeah. oh
1: that's good. Your <laughs> your faces will thank you later, Gen Z. For sure, absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, we're getting a little short on time, but I do want to touch on one of our last topics because it's one of my favorite things to talk about, um, and I'm selfish like that. <laughs> <laughs> can we keep you a little longer? Are you good on time?
2: Um, I'm. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure? We can. Okay. We can do
1: this one pretty quick. Um, but you love to travel. I do. Travel is I like just. It my favorite thing ever. Um mm-hmm. so like what are some of your favorite places that you've been?
2: Oh god. Well, I will say first up just how travel how I approach travel with my books is that I have I've never written about a place where I'm living. I've never and I live in a pretty big tourist destination, right? Like people come to Colorado from all over the world. I've never once had a book idea set in Colorado ever. Mm -hmm. because to me being able to explore new places like I'm always setting setting my books or my ideas somewhere where I want to go where I want to go explore and so it's so fun for me um okay so my favorite places I am I know you're talking about like sunny southern California I am like a doom and gloom rainy cool person (laughs) so my favorite places I love the Isle of Skye on Scott in Scotland um Mm -hmm. It's this island that's like it's in the highlands. it's the most magical effing place on earth to me uh, It's so it's so you're you're picturing like it's not green like Ireland you know how Scotland is a different sort of green it's green in a way that feels like it's suffered <laughs> that's, that's the Scottish oh people God. right you should be a writer.
0: Um, what the heck?
2: <laughs> like it's 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 like verdant, but it always feels a little gloomy you know it's there's going to be like browns and these like rust colors and purples and oh my god i love it so much and there's sheep everywhere and waterfalls i'm a sucker for a waterfall i don't know if i uh, like i put waterfalls in books I every hike I go on, my kids give me a hard time, especially my eight year old. He's like, "Oh my god, we're going to another waterfall! Ah! Why do you do this to us?" I'm like, "Because they're amazing." It's a hard like, life
0: to go to a waterfall, right?
2: Like get get with it. It's a waterfall. Um, so I really lo- I really love the Pacific Northwest. Yes, and then my new one that I have absolutely fallen like head over heels for is the northern shore of Lake Superior. So not easy to get to not on everyone's like it's usually not on someone's like bucket list but seriously there's something about Lake Superior and actually I so I've written an adult an adult rom-com that is you know I'm still working on it whatever whatever uh but it's set along the shore of Lake Superior because it's this place that to me holds so much like mystery and magic and the people who live on Lake Superior I love you you're weirdos (laughs) you know it's it's so remote so like if you're living up there you're you're there for a reason, right? A lot of times you you like being very remote and that's a certain sort of person who's going to have like idiosyncrasies, quirks. And I love that. I love that stuff. Um, But it's just, it's moody and there's these beautiful cliffs and there's these Ancient mountains surrounding Lake Superior. On the Canadian side, they're called the Canadian Shield, which I think is like the coolest name ever. But you have these like these cliffs and these mountains that are just some of the oldest on earth, right? They look weathered. It's amazing. I love it. I love it so much.
0: Let me know when you come to Big Sur or the Redwoods area too. Because have you been? Yes,
2: I have. I've been to Big Sur. Um, yeah, we took, uh, it's not this last Thanksgiving, but the Thanksgiving before we went to Monterey. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. so my husband likes to race cars. Uh, his dad, his dad has like this, a racing team. Um, and so they, there's a, there's a circuit outside of Monterey. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) We didn't go see the racing at all, but um, we stayed in Pacific Grove because the butterflies were coming in. And so we got to go to the Monarch Groves. And then I drove with my boys down the coast to Big Sur. And we just had this, this magical, this magical day of we ate dinner at this restaurant where they had um, like deck chairs seated in the river. And so you could just like sit in the deck chair with like the river gently coming by you, you know, like on your feet. It's just, it's this whole other order of magnitude of beauty that is out there. I mean, that's how I approach travel is like, there's so much out there and I want to experience it all. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's, there's always something magical to explore and, and wondrous. So that's a big part of how we raise our kids, this idea of, of exploration and wonder. Okay, so what are your favorites? If you had to pick one spot that you could go right now to travel, where would you go? Oh, gosh. Um, Okay,
1: well, I am going to Italy for the first time in Mm. July. And so I'm, like, really in the thick of, like, planning that trip out right now. Um, We're going to Rome for Mm -hmm. a couple days. We're going to be in Naples for, like, a night or two. And then we're going down to the Amalfi Coast. And I... Right? I'm like living on like Italy TikTok right now, and it's like just the best thing ever. Um, so, that is like my upcoming one that I'm just like obsessed with right now.
2: I've been to Rome and then we went north. Ooh. So, we went to Rome and like the Cinque Terre and then up to one of the smaller Italian lakes in Venice. Um, and it was, I mean, it was amazing. We did that for our 10th wedding anniversary. No, that's a lie. It wasn't our 10th wedding anniversary. <laughs> It was just cause. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a such a cool place. I mean, Italy's amazing. I'm so I'm also Italian. So like going there and being like, oh, everybody looks like my papa. It was pretty oh, great. Oh, cool. That's exciting. What about you, Court?
0: Um, you know, I think I need to prioritize travel more. I think I just get stuck in my day to day and, you know, don't set aside time or budget to do it. Um, but my husband and I love exploring California. I mean, honestly, it's it's hard mm. because it's like oh, well, we could take a quick weekend or 4-day trip and go mm. to this like stunning place in Cambria or Ojai mm-hmm. or Solvang or <laughs> Big Sur, you know, and it's so easy um to not venture away from that. But if I could go anywhere and like budget and time were no option, I would 100% go to Ireland. I've always wanted to go. Um, Since I was a baby, I just want to like step out into greenery and feel it bring me life. Like, I just feel like Mm -hmm. I would step out and be like, yes, (laughs) I'm hydrated. Um,
2: I always find, yeah, it's always water for me. I always want to be by water. Yeah, me Mm -hmm. too. That's a, that's a big thing for me. Like ocean lakes, rivers, those, my beloved waterfalls. It's, Mm -hmm. it's such a big thing for me. Yeah. But yeah, there's so much in California. I mean, I feel like I've, I've gone there a lot. I just this just this summer, my sister was living in San Diego. And so I went and I stayed in La Jolla. And like mm-hmm. we went ocean kayaking. And, That's you know, we did some hiking. And it was, it was so lovely. I've only been to LA once. And I always was like, oh, I'm a Northern California girl. Like I want I want the gloom. I want the but I really want to go back to LA as like a proper adult. Cause I went as like a 20-year-old with my mom. And I'm gonna tell you the place the place we went to eat. Shoot, because we went to like downtown LA. We were mostly in Malibu. But we went to downtown LA and shoot. She was like, Oh, well, let's go here. This is probably local. It's a California pizza kitchen? <laughs> I swear to God.
0: Love it, love it, <laughs> love it.
2: Uh, so, like, I want to go back to LA as an yes. adult who can like plan trips I love and, it. I love it. and well, have a fun time. When you
1: need those LA recommendations, let us know and we will hook you up.
2: Yes. I'm I mean, ready. you'll need to tell me about all your finest California pizza kitchens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Please do not ever eat at a CPK. <laughs>
2: remember even at the time being like mom mom no
1: <laughs> that's hilarious yeah. oh my gosh jenny this has been amazing before we go can you please tell our listeners where they can find you on the internets
2: yes yes um i am on um, instagram and tiktok my handle is jcp writes and then my website is basically the same uh, it's jcpetersonwrites.com I'm on I'm on Twitter too but not that much. Lately it feels like what is what is Twitter? It's a black <laughs> hole <are> on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, so so usually Instagram or TikTok are the best places to find me.
1: Yeah, and you have some workshops coming up, right?
2: I do. Yeah, just so if when this is coming out, I'll have So one thing that I've realized as I've started publishing is that I really love to talk with teen writers and I, cause I always think like, I would have, I would have loved this as that age. I, you know, I had access to some of that, but not in the, not in the really robust way that we see it today. Mm-hmm. And so I'm teaching a workshop on dialogue at, um, at a local bookstore here al- in, along the front range in Colorado. So if you're in Colorado, you understand what that means. It's on the front range. It's at the wandering jellyfish, uh, Saturday, May 6th. It's this, amazing children's bookstore uh that does a lot of they do a lot of outreach with the community and they bring in a lot of authors i cannot recommend them enough they're they're really really wonderful
1: and also an amazing name yes
2: right <laughs> i love that yeah, i really really love them
1: oh well, jenny thank you so much for joining us today this has been an enlightening and also hilarious conversation and uh i cannot wait to listen back to all our rantings about fashion
2: (laughs) fashion (laughs) same same Uh, well thank you so much for having me this was so much fun thanks so much jenny
1: (laughs) thank you all right everyone we'll talk to you next week Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at underscore K, K K-A-E, on all social media platforms. And you can find me, Fallon Ballard, at Fallon Ballard, everywhere you imbibe your social media. If you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode, you can find links in the show notes. And a special shout out to Zachary Kibbe and Matt Ballard for our amazing theme song. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you next time.